Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast is an edited recording from our Sunday morning service held on June the 4th, 2023. For news and information and to find out how to join us, please visit www.stjamesleith.org.uk. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourselves and to each other, and may all that is unfree in you be released, and may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen.
Let us pray the collect together. Holy God, faithful and unchanging, enlarge our minds with the knowledge of your truth and draw us more deeply in the mystery of your love that we may truly worship you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order, listen to my appeal, agree with each other, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Listen now for the gospel. Hallelujah. It is God's word that changes us. is written in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, beginning at verse 16. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. I hope you can hear me now.
Um, I'm uh, very glad to be joining you from our tiny village in Aberdeenshire, where we're living now, and it's great to be with you this Sunday. And um, so um, I, before I begin, I just want to say a couple of things. First of all, I'm very heavily indebted to um, Cynthia Berger's book, the Holy, Trin uh, the, the Holy Trinity and the Law of Three, for, uh, that has inspired the, the, the reflection I'm going to share with you. And the second thing is to say that um, I will be posting a video of this for anybody to watch afterwards if they want to. And I will be putting that link to the video on the Facebook page um, and so that you can watch it later if you'd like to. Anyway, we begin with a prayer. May the words I speak be imbued with the power of the eternal spirit, earth maker, pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and shall be, father and mother of us all, the three in one. This is Trinity Sunday, and so I feel it's appropriate for me to say something about this very confusing topic this morning, but the truth of the Trinity has been there from the very beginning for those with eyes to see it and hearts open to participate in its flow. Most of us, let's be honest, find it quite difficult to get our heads around the idea of the Trinity that one God exists in three persons. And for some, it's simply something to be put in the bottom drawer of our faith. For others, it's a stumbling block. And one of the reasons for this is that the terms Father, Son and Holy Spirit sound too patriarchal and exclude the feminine. It simply doesn't chime with today's world where gender equality is seen as vitally important. So I suggest, however, that rather than try and get your head around what I'm about to share, it's better just to catch a sense of the energy and flow, for the Trinity is not primarily a doctrine to debate, but an experience in which we're invited to participate. And so let me now share my screen. To be able to see the truth of the Trinity and participate in the, mo the movement of their sacred dance, we need the mindset of a mystic, an artist, a prophet, a visionary theologian. The Cappadocian fathers who had a deep experiential knowledge of God were the visionary theologians who, in the 4th century, first attempted to put into words what they had intuited from experience was the truth. Part of the problem is that what we understand today by the word person is quite different from what the Cappadocian fathers meant. The Greek term that they used referred to the mask that actors wore to indicate different roles rather than to an individual person. What they were trying to express is that somehow, though God is one, he, she, is not solitary. Within the one God, there are mutual relationships, different faces, as it were, that reflect one another. A German mystic, Jakob Bohm, had a vision in the year 1600 when he was just 24 years old, and it changed his life. He was just a humble shoemaker and hadn't had a university education. When some years later he wrote about this experience, he said, in one quarter of an hour I saw and knew more than if I'd been many years together at a university. It was twelve years of reflecting on this vision that gave rise to his mystical theology, in which he describes the Trinity not primarily as a static state of three interrelated persons, so much as a dynamic process that has been evolving in stages since before 
time and space. So, what if the Trinity is not a border checkpoint that restricts access to the Church, or extra baggage to be left behind, but a kaleidoscope of changing colours that inspires us to join in the process of transformation and work together towards a more hopeful future? What if the Trinity is not some obscure theological puzzle to test the curious and confused Church members, but the key to helping young people see the relevance of the Christian faith for the future of the planet. And what if the Trinity does not consist of three fixed identities, but personifications of energy streams that flow and intertwine, like dancers around a maypole, and of the different states in which these have manifested over time? And yet, to talk of these energy streams in terms of personhood is not wrong either, for from eternity the essence quality of sacred unity was love, and out of that love the desire to manifest and relate in a space-time space universe arose, and at a certain point in time the process gave rise to a particular human person who, in relationship with the divine origin of life that he called Father, and his beloved companion Mary Magdalene, manifested that love in a full and complete way. These flowing and intertwining energy streams within the Trinity, each at different stages, fulfill one of three independent and equal functions or forces. The active, wholly affirming, the passive or wholly denying, which is not to be viewed as a negative force, and the wholly reconciling force. All three are necessary, and when intertwining and working together by emptying, each emptying itself into the other, the result in something new arising in the evolving story of the Trinity. And incidentally, this is a fundamental cosmic law called the Law of Three that governs how anything new comes into being. If our democratic institutions were to function according to this law, our politics would be transformed and so would our world. Or, to change the metaphor, starting from three energies, three different threads are being sewn back and forward through a cloth that God is embroidering to create the pattern that has been in God's mind since the beginning. However, we only see the underside of the cloth, so we cannot make sense of the pattern except by some kind of eye-opening experience. So this image is just to give you an impression of the energy that's been interweaved in the unfolding story of the Trinity. At each new arising, the thread is brought back from the underside of the cloth to emerge as a counterstroke. Thus, each new arising has a lineage that goes back to previous stages of the development process and influences the form that the new arising takes, just as the DNA of the parent influences the form of the next generation. The wholly denying member of the Trinity, endless unity hidden in light, inaccessible, as the hymn puts it, remains static. Think of endless unity as the maypole around which the energies of the holy affirming, the holy reconciling, and the new arising dance changing places in each phase of the sacred dance. The process moves forward in seven stages, a bit like the seven stages in the first story of creation, Genesis 1, which describes another fundamental cosmic law, the law of seven, that governs how anything evolves and grows. 
Starting at an alpha point before space and time, within endless unity, there is the stirring of a desire to manifest as visible light and matter. It is a desire that is born of love, the essence of the eternal unity. However, that creates an agitation in the tranquility and equilibrium of eternity because there's a risk that the current state will become unbalanced and the tranquility will be disturbed since differentiation means difference. Thus endless unity becomes the holy denying force. The reconciling force is like a fire sparked by the friction of holy desiring and holy denying energies. It is the fire of love and the light of pure awareness. These are the beginnings of the archetypical feminine and masculine energies and the source of self-reflective consciousness. What arises out of their initial dance is the, the light or word, which is known in John's Gospel as the Logos, and the reflective wisdom, love, Sophia, the masculine and feminine aspects of endless unity, are joined, although in later stages they will be separated, and both are involved in the creation of the world at the next stage. The process ends in what Teilhard de Chardin called the Omega Point, when all things converge again, when everything in both the spiritual and physical dimensions are brought into a unity in Christ, only now retaining all the differentiations of function that have emerged in the process. In between there are five other stages, the primordial, creational, incarnational, messianic and Pentecostal trinities, during which endless unity as it manifests in the, in the dimension of consciousness is seen increasingly as love. And linking each stage is the thread of counterstrokes that ends up being when all is united in the one in Christ. And the whole process, of course, is divided into two symmetrical phases, the phase of descent and the phase of ascent. This parallels what has happened to light energy in our space-time universe, where the descent is into increasingly restricted forms, from light to subatomic particles to atoms and then molecules, and the ascent is into increasing freedom and consciousness, from molecules to plants to animals to human beings. The descent phase of the Trinity is also into increasingly compressed forms, starting with the eternal word and culminating in the birth of Jesus Christ. And the ascent phase is into increasing breadth from the individual Jesus to the body of Christ. That's Christ man manifested in the many, and then to all things being united in Christ. The fulcrum, nadir and turning point of this process is the incarnational trinity, when the word that emerged as the new arising of the primordial trinity and that gives birth in turn to the creation of matter eventually becomes flesh, becomes a human being. In Jesus, God's yearning to descend into form has reached its end point, the most dense and concentrated embeddedness in form that is divinely possible says Cynthia Bourgeau. From that point forward, the process moves increasingly towards the transcendent dimension from which it originated, in stages that mirror the phase of descent. But the forms in which the Trinity is expressed in the ascending phase retain the imprint of the historical Jesus who died and rose again. 
The incarnational trinity is the form the trinity took during the time leading up to the birth of Jesus. That was when the active force of the eternal word that was God danced with the consenting human Mary around the maypole of the eternal father, and the new arising was Jesus, the word made flesh. The messianic trinity is the form the trinity took during the life and ministry of Jesus. In that phase he embodied the reconciling force of the Trinity as the beloved Son. Mary Magdalene, his beloved companion, embodied the active force, for the ancient root of the Hebrew word woman means the power of creative initiative. And what arises out of the creative dance of, the Mary, and Jesus, of Mary and Jesus around the maypole of the endless unity after Jesus' death and resurrection is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all humanity at Pentecost. But now the breath of God's word that was the active force in the incarnational trinity has, through the incarnation and messianic phase, become forever changed to become the spirit of Christ incarnate. And after Pentecost, the Son is no longer the individual Jesus, but is the corporate body of Christ. That's you and me. And we take on the activating role in the ongoing drama of the unfolding trinity. We are called to demonstrate in word and action the self-emptying love that Jesus modelled in his teaching and his life. So you and I are participating in that same self-emptying dance of the evolving Trinity. And we as individual members have received the spirit of sonship, as Paul says in, 8, in Romans 8, and that sonship incorporates both the masculine and feminine aspects of divinity. So the feminine lives not in any permanently gendered persons of the Trinity, but in the energy of the divine wisdom that wells up from the very heart of the Trinity and emerges in all three kinds of energy, first in the primordial Trinity and then at each subsequent phase. What emerges as a result of the intertwining of the affirming body of Christ, the Son, and the re reconciling Holy Spirit in the dance around the maypole of endless unity is what Jesus called the kingdom or realm of heaven, and that refers to all that manifests in this world as a result of human beings collectively acting consciously in the power of the three energy streams of this evolving trinity that I've been talking about. So, when as a result, uh, the whole world has been touched and transformed by that power, the story of the evolving trinity reaches its conclusion and fulfillment. And to lead us together until that time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. In the prayers today, we're carrying on the theme of the Trinity being like a dance. So when I say, help us to join in your dance, can you just respond, Trinity of love? Help us to join in your dance, Trinity of love. God, our parent, our rock and fortress in a weary land. God, our saviour, who did not insist on his rights, but emptied himself of all status so that he could reach us. God, the Holy Spirit, who comforts and challenges us. Be with us this week as we shelter in you, as we give thanks for you, 
and as we listen to your voice. Help us to join in your dance, Trinity of Love. God, our parent, we pray for this family of St. James and for the rich variety of human relationships which it contains. Give us patience with each other, kindness to each other, and willingness to invest effort in caring for each other. Help us to notice when others need support and to meet needs with sensitivity and generosity. Show us in a moment of silence one thing we can do for each other this week. Help us to join in your dance, Trinity of Love. God our Saviour, look with compassion on our world, at the wars and violence in Sudan and Yemen, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Ukraine, so many other places, at the imminent and present famines, particularly in Africa, at our footprint on the earth, ever heavier and more damaging. Have mercy, Lord Jesus, in our world, and help us to realize that the only way that mercy will be shown is through us, because we are your body here. And in a moment's silence, we ask you to show us one thing we can do this week to help your world. Help us to join in your dance, Trinity of Love. God, our comforter, speak to us in the long watches of the night and the busyness of our days. Give to those who are struggling encouragement, to those who are smug a jolt, and to all of us a sense of excitement about where you are leading us. Help us to join in your dance, Trinity of Love. We remember our leaders here, praying for Ian and his family, for Joe and Ralph, for all the members of the vestry, for all who lead the worship, particularly the music group. And we also are grateful to all those who do the fiddly and sometimes messy jobs that keep a church running, who operate the technology, who tidy the garden, who mend things that break, who manage our money for us, who wash the tea towels, and so many other things we only notice when they don't happen. Help us to join in your dance, Trinity of Love. Uh, to end with a poem about the Trinity. Uh, it's not easy to understand the Trinity in prose sometimes, but it's perhaps easier in poetry. So a, a poem by a, a modern Christian poet. In the beginning, not in time or space, but in the quick, before both space and time. In life, in love, in co-inherent grace, in three in one and one in three, in rhyme, 
in music, in the whole creation story, in his own image, his imagination, the triune poet makes us for his glory and makes us each the other's inspiration. He calls us out of darkness, chaos, chance, to improvise a music of our own, to sing the chord that calls us to the dance. Three notes resounding from a single tone, to sing the end in whom we all begin, one God beyond, beside us, and within. Amen. We say together the Lord's Prayer. Eternal Spirit, earth maker, pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and that shall be, father and mother of us all, loving God in whom is heaven, the hallowing of your name echo throughout the universe. The way of your justice be followed of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your love of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. The faith we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb for one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. for broken people, holy things for holy people.
God of love, God of peace, God that teaches us how to receive love and how to give love. The perfect receiving and giving of love within the Trinity, within the dance of the Trinity. So we ask that you would help us as you invite us into that dance, that you would help us participate in that dance, that we may receive love from you and from others, and that we may also allow the love that we receive to flow through us to one another. So continue to transform us into your likeness. let's say the blessing together and to one another. May the God who dances in creation, who embraces us with human love, who has the potential to shake our lives like thunder, bless us and drive us out with power to fill the world with her justice. Amen. So please stand for our final song. Now go with peace.